Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. can't do the YMCA song anymore, but three, two, one. And welcome back to another episode of the Have We Made It Yet podcast. If you can believe it, which I can't, I don't think which Josh can too, we're at episode 49. 49. Yeah. In like Abrahamic times, like the number 40 represented like completion meant like a lot. And we're exceeding a lot now. I thought that's what it, what it represented in Abrahamic times. Was wow, I, I'm not familiar with uh, Abrahamic history, but uh, uh, I'll I'll go for it. I'll go for what you're saying. Forty, forty is a complete, complete number, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Like Jesus fasted for forty days and forty nights. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So this is a very we're nine episodes into the biblical section of our. <laughs> of our <laughs> podcast the, the our, this is where everything is so important and grand uh-huh. in our in our in our have we made it yet podcast yes and also it's a cool I, I, didn't, I didn't make this connection yet but it's a cool segue because we will be having a guest on later today or actually today that is in a movie about christmas and about a baby in a manger mm-hmm. um if this is your first time listening which it really well might be. This is the podcast where two creatives and their guests talk about the process of making it. And like every other episode that we have, Mr. Josh Yang, have you made it yet? I, Mr. Josh Yang, the co-host and comedian part of this duo, mm-hmm. have not made it yet. Has not made it yet. And uh, well, not I can't. I won't say will not make it, but like I'm, I'm, I'm. It's there, you know. It's a plan. It's we're looking forward to it. (laughs) But uh, no, (laughs) I don't know where I was going. My my junk. You know what? I should be able to speak better as a comedian. But you know, I write ahead of time, so that's I just I needed to write an intro. Either way, but no, I have not made it yet. Um, What I would say is, I guess it's kind of interesting to think about it now because. Looking back exactly almost a year ago, a year ago was when I did the big, like the pinnacle of my experience so far as a comedian, doing a big show at the Glenn Gould um, uh, Theater mm-hmm. uh, last year for the Fresh Rice Comedy Showcase. It was a showcase with a bunch of uh, new up and coming Asian comedians in Toronto. It was to like 300 people it was at the theater. It was, it was shot and produced and stuff like that. And we're yeah. finally going to release it out later. And it's like, it's been a year since then. So like everything got locked down and shut down since March. But like since that moment, I was expecting big things, right? I was expecting uh-huh. to like get on a roll and do a bunch of stuff during during the spring and getting into the summer uh, comedy wise. And it's crazy to think just a year ago that I was able to do a theater show. And now it's like you can barely do like a patio bar 
show outside with like five yeah. six people and uh yeah it's it's crazy to think about that but you know it's who knows where we're gonna be in a year maybe in a year i'll be able to try and figure out and do another big show but Dude, uh 2022 man just look out for you man you'll be like screaming from your patio if anything patio yeah. shows at your place oh it's gonna be mint yeah i'll be yelling knock knock jokes out my window <laughs> basically but uh hey you know what lucas have you made it yet you know what? Not yet. But I can't help but to think that at the end of the day, you have to put in a lot more work into whatever making it is. So today I started like, you know what? If I'm not going to get these like big ass scripts right now to, to audition with, I'm going to make sure that I still have a sharp mind for memorization and for also acting by going into like my favorite monologues that I've seen in movies and I'm gonna start memorizing them tomorrow. So I, I started with uh, one by Andrew of The Breakfast Club when he was talking about um, taping uh, Lenny's butt cheeks together. Is that a, is that a monologue? Oh I, yeah. I, oh yeah, I haven't watched <laughs> The Breakfast Club. Oh, so. okay. Uh, um, uh, spoiler, spoiler. There's some, I guess, taping of, of butt cheeks in it, but I assume it, it's a, is it like a Shakespearean monologue of of grand proportions yeah 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 <laughs> i mean I, I don't even know why i pressed it with like the taping of butt cheeks because that's a really minor part of that oh, is it <laughs> yeah because it talks about the cycle of violence that you see within your parents and then it kind of reflects onto you okay um and then i also got another one that the robin williams did and in, in goodwill hunting oh i love i love quoting goodwill hunting oh. whenever whenever there's a situation where i can just look at somebody and say it's not your fault Oh, just over and over again. Yeah, that's always I mean, it's a very solemn. It's a very serious scene. But to me, it's it's kind of funny to do that in public where it's like, hey, it's not your fault. No, look at me. It's not your fault. Stop it, Josh. It's not oh your fault. God. I just just can just say it. But hey, <sighs> drama and comedy it's, it's kind of on the same scale on the same scale, man. Um, but our next guest today, since we do have a third panel here. Are you ready, Josh? I am ready. Okay. All right. Okay. Okay. So it kind of feels like a, um, cause we've had Jeannie Wong previously that was on the Etsy commercial. And we've also had Miss Monica Rodriguez Knox on here from, from our, our next guesses, uh, movie that he was on. Um, so it kind of feels like a reunion, if anything. Uh, I remember on our Etsy commercial shoot, I was sitting in the trailer getting made up and everything. And I was chatting with Jeannie until I saw more actors come into the makeup trailer. Uh, now a bunch of us were just talking. And after our initial hellos, we all started talking about our lives outside of this weird act acting world. This next guest, he told me he was a drummer and we soon geeked over our gear drumming styles. And we talked a bit more until I was pulled away and, uh, and called on set while he stayed in the trailer, you know, getting made up and everything. A few days after our shoot, it's back to normal life. And I was working back at Sobeys. And while I had my apron on and like a backwards cap and all that stuff pre-COVID, so at least like people could still see me without a mask on and everything, I heard a, hey, Lucas, behind me. I turned back and there was this guy again. I, I mean, like you meet a lot of people in this industry, in this weird business. And, you know, usually it's a lot of like cordial hellos and everything like that, but you 
don't really think anyone really remembers you because, you know, everyone in the end is just in one day out the other. Ever since he said hi and like gave me an extended hug and everything like that and saying, how you doing, man? I knew I met a person that's authentic as they come and, and I will remember him for his authenticity and also, you know, that he remembers and everything like that. He's an incredibly gifted drummer and also an amazingly talented actor who's had countless commercials for companies such as Buffalo Wild Wings, JP Weisers, and been in episodics such as Disaster at Sea. His major role, in which he stars as Brock in the Christmas film, Baby in a Manger, which recently played last Christmas and I'm sure will be continuing to play too. Please give it up for the amazing Michael Maroney. Oh, hello. What's going on, guys? What's up, man? Do I gotta wear, do I gotta wear a mask while we do this? <laughs> Is that optional or? Oh my god, dude! If it goes through Wi-Fi one day, we are screwed. Man, I don't know. Twenty twenty one starting out pretty, uh, pretty wild. Who knows? I know, man. Um, well, nice to be here with you guys. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Oh, thank you for coming on, man. <laughs> Thanks for the kind words too. <laughs> of course, of course, man. As we start off with every episode, though, Mister Michael Maroney, have you made it yet? Oh. The big question. Uh, for, like you said, uh, Lucas, I like how you played with it. Uh, I don't know what making it is. To me, I'm happy with what I'm doing. Um, the whole drumming thing, I've been a drummer my entire life, um, as you can see behind me. And um, I've been trying to make it as a drummer for 31 years now, you know, and I'm still in my parents' basement right now, you know, riding out a pandemic. Uh -huh. um, I, I don't think you ever make it. I think you're always striving to be better than the, the last day. I know I'm always like that. Um, I know you both touched on that topic. Like it's been tough the last year. So as long as we're just, um, you know, continuing to learn, be better than we were the last day, physically, mentally, um, with our talents, it's, that's, that's it, right? Like mm -hmm. the, the, I knew I had to be, I knew I had to continue on this journey that I'm on just because I'm enjoying myself. So Amazing. If, if making it means you're enjoying yourself and you're living a happy life with people around you, sure, I made it. <laughs> Hell yeah, man. Um, artistically speaking, though, like, of course, you talked about your drumming that you've done before and everything like that and mm -hmm. are still doing. Uh, artistically, again, what's your it in making it? Like, what do you mean? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> like, Sorry, what would... Oh. oh, like, what, what, would, what would I be like, oh, I made it? Exactly, yeah. Sorry, one beer in. <laughs> I, I don't even drink, but I, I mean, I haven't seen any friends in a whole year. So, I'm, you know, I'm going to have a beer with these guys. Salute. Um, I think making it as a drummer would be, I've already been able to tour with some of the bands that I enjoyed listening to when I grew up, like obscure <laughs> metal bands. Um, but like just playing a huge festival, you know what I mean? 100,000 people, headliner Metallica or, you know what I mean? Lamb of God. <laughs> that would be making it for me. I've always, I've always dreamt of the big stage. I played a lot of small stages, but never mm -hmm. those big ones. Man, can you imagine taking over Lars Ulrich's role one day? Oh God, I know, and he catches so much heat. But I will say this for the record: Lars mm -hmm. Ulrich is a great drummer. Everyone craps on him. He's perfect for Metallica. But yeah, That's that a, would be a dream. Nice, absolute nice. dream. Uh, how about acting wise? What would be your it in making it? Ooh. You know, I just being on a set in L.A., you know, okay. we've all been on sets in Toronto, which is amazing. Like, obviously, it's incredible. It's, there's nothing like it. 
but you know there's just something about la you know it's just being on a big set in la for a big movie with some um reputable reputable actors mm-hmm. like al pacino or something and you're just like whoa what's up man yeah. Exactly, exactly. Dude, we were just watching The Irishman recently again. Oh, my amazing. God. Amazing, amazing. Incredible. I, a funny story about that. So right before the pandemic hit, I was I was in L.A. and I went to go see The Irishman, uh, <laughs> one of the premieres. Yeah. And I got stuck in the front row. And as you know, it's like a three and a half hour movie. <laughs> so I was like this. For three and a half hours, I stood <laughs> up. I almost fell over. I don't remember the second half of the movie. I had to come home and watch it on Netflix. I mean, why the hell did I even go? Why did I go to the premiere thinking it was going to be an awesome thing? Great yeah, movie, yeah, yeah. but. <laughs> yeah, that's that's brutal. It was, I remember like, because like, I think Lucas and I actually watched the uh, Irishman together at TIFF. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was, it was a fucking long ass movie. Long, yeah. But you, a... it... go ahead, sir. Oh, no, I didn't have much. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. It, it has to be long though. Like. Scorsese, they they always have to be long. You know what I mean? Because his stories are so they're so intricate and fascinating. It's just you need you need three hours plus. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, every director definitely has their own own like style and and like mm-hmm. I think we all gravitate to different directors' voices and and uh, how they convey their stories. Like I guess for you, it's like question there could be is like what's a director uh, that you kind of um, gravitate towards or, or somebody whose work really inspires you uh, in your work? Honestly, I love I love the Scorsese films. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, it's funny that you guys brought that up. I'm like, I'm full-blooded Italian. My parents are both born in Italy. They came here, you know, they, they immigrated to Canada. All my cousins, everyone was like, everyone's from Italy, right? Mm-hmm. So being an Italian kid, you know, I grew up uh, watching those movies it's actually hilarious i'm down here in the basement i have po- i have a godfather poster frame he's staring at me right now he's got the shotgun i got um the irishman because when i went to the thing they gave me all these cutouts and like it's hilarious down there i got uh, all of them scarface i just love all those movies goodfellas casino just great stuff i would i would love to do that um one day but um we'll see what happens right i had uh mm-hmm. i had my first mobster role mm. um and it, it's it's actually a weird crazy story of how it happened so i found this thing online mm-hmm. and so it wasn't through my agent which as it turns out caused a lot of shit but oh. my agent god bless her she probably hated me for for a week for this but i'll tell this story because it is a funny story so i just joined the union mm-hmm. i joined actra about a week before the pandemic hit, which was, yeah, the, the horrible luck because it's already hard to get gigs in the union and then mm-hmm. not for a worldwide pandemic. Mm-hmm. Needless to say, I joined the union, yada, yada, yada. And then I saw this gig come up and I thought it said union. Mm-hmm. And I read it and it was for John A. Light. Some, uh, he was an uh, underboss for J- John Gotti and he, mm-hmm. he killed like 20 people. And we had similar looks, similar builds. And I'm like, oh, and it was in the 90s. And he, he's got a fascinating story. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, um, let's audition for it. Like, let's submit for it. So I submitted to it and I ended up getting an audition. Mm-hmm. So it was with Casting Central over there. And then yeah. um, they ended up giving me the audition and then I had a call back and then I ended up getting it. Wow. And it happened all so quickly. Like it happened within three days. And the role was to go to South Africa to do this in a prison December 1st of this year. So during a pandemic, and if you pay attention to the news, 
there's all these new COVID variants in South Africa that have started. Yeah. <laughs> this was before I knew anything of that. Mm-hmm. Needless to say, I got this sweet Netflix role. I'm friggin' stoked because I haven't had anything this year. Like it's so hard for us, you know how it is. <laughs> so I was really thankful and like blessed. And I went to go get my vaccinations for, um, like malaria, all this, all these things they gave me. So my doctor <laughs> set me up there. So I thought I was going to South Africa in a week and it was crazy. And then last minute, I don't know how it slipped, but the union gig. And I'm like, Oh my God, like I thought this was a union job, South Africa, Netflix, you know what I mean? But it wasn't. So I had to decline going to South Africa. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. Everyone probably hated you so much. I'm so sorry, man. Dude, it was so like, they were great too. Like casting was incredible, but it was like, I couldn't do it. If I went, <laughs> I'm with actor. If they find out, find out you're kicked out forever. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I'm not here to steal other people's jobs. I just want to work for me and actor works for me, whatever. You know what I mean? <laughs> but I'm like, I couldn't risk it. So um, I felt bad for my agent. That was totally on me. You know what uh-huh. I mean? But I, I had to make the decision. And then, you know, I looking back on it, I'm like, you know, there's so much COVID and like, it would have been stressful. There was all these restrictions too, like uh, the government. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we would have been going with like a crew of like 35 of us. Mm-hmm. And when you enter South Africa, the government, if any one of you and your party, so all the, all the producers and stuff were coming from um, the UK mm-hmm. and then the talent was coming from T.O., Yep. So if any of us from the UK or TO had any, any symptoms and you tested positive, your whole crew gets sent to a quarantine at a location of the South African government and you have to pay. So I was like, there's so much risk. Like, what if some guy in England has a girlfriend or something that got sick and he didn't know and then he comes? We're, like, You're screwed. It, it was just, to me, it was risky on all fronts. Yeah, so yeah, I had yeah. to say no. And that would have been like, that would have been a dream role right there, being a mobster, smoking uh-huh. cigars. I remember they're like, can you smoke? I'm like, oh, yeah. Smoking <laughs> cigars, shooting people. Like, come on. Wow. Oh, that is God. actually pretty insane. Because if you think about it, the UK has their whole, like, variant strain themselves where it's like, oh, it's 50% more uh, mm-hmm. contagious. And then now South <laughs> Africa has a 50% more contagious. And, like, yeah. you're the crew that comes together. And who knows if one of mm-hmm. the Canadians get it, then, like, the Canadians have now some concoction of a variant yeah. I, I could have been the host i could have been bringing it <laughs> yeah that would have <laughs> if anything around like that but they're just making a joke but yeah yeah it's it, to me it seemed way too risky um it would have been yeah. great it would have been a dream but you got to make those decisions right like mm-hmm. i'm sure when i'm 50 i'll look back and be like hopefully i've done better mm-hmm. things but i'll look back and I'll be like ah that damn pandemic <laughs> but <laughs> no know, i love actress so i'm glad obviously i'm glad as soon yeah. as I found out it was union, I'm like, I can't do this. This is, oh, shit. Wow. that's bad, my bad though. <laughs> so that's Talking it. Of- For anyone watching, you got to pay uh-huh. attention always. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was it on Mandy or something that you saw it? That it said, no, it was, versus- it was actually Actors Access. Oh, so okay. Actors Access knows I'm in the union. So uh-huh. like the, the computer system. So when it generates, you know, the algorithm, it yeah, knows yeah. my, um, like my demographic and whatever. Yeah. And, it's gave it to me. So I assumed it was union already. Mm-hmm. And then when I clicked on it, I saw like the production company and I knew the company. Oh. Um, and I saw like all this stuff. So I'm like, Oh, okay. Like I didn't even think twice about it. So yeah, I just yeah, went yeah. with the motions. And then at the last minute, after they already sent me the offer, 
<laughs> um, at first I said yes. And then yeah. I found out once I did my shot, yeah, it was a, it was a mess. <laughs> it was, it was fitting for 2020. <laughs> yeah. 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 Speaking of like different paths that we all take and everything like that. Um, I understand you had a, an inkling, a background of like law enforcement that you had. Uh, was there a certain moment that you had in law enforcement or in your acting life that you said law enforcement isn't for me and you wanted to pursue acting more? Yeah, it's actually funny. So my wall here, I have everything. So it's like, <laughs> oh, wow. I have Yo, a, <laughs> Yo you came with props. Has, anything I've ever done is on this wall. So <laughs> yeah. it's just funny you say that. Um, yeah, like I, I wanted to do that. That was my goal. Like I did community justice um, mm-hmm. services in Niagara and then I volunteered at a jail. Well, not volunteer. I was like a student correctional officer at a jail mm-hmm. in Thorold. And I really like that. I like that field, you know, because you, you're in with the offenders and, you know, you don't treat them like shit. They don't treat you like shit. You try to help them. You build a case with them, rapport. Because mm-hmm. um, all those guys are getting out. It's a provincial facility, right? Mm-hmm. So they're all getting out. Do you want them to be angry, agitated assholes when they come out in civilization? Or do you want them to be, you know what, I made a mistake. I shouldn't have done that. Let's, let's you know, let's refrain from that crap and let's get my life back on track. Yeah. And that's... A lot of people see you just lock a key and you go, it's not like that. You, you're you really trying to help them out too, right? It's not just going in there, doing your 12 hours and getting out. It is a stressful environment. Um, from there, I wanted to do policing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very, very difficult. Mm. Uh, very difficult to get in. It's actually funny. I, I, was, I was able, I make this joke sometimes. I was able to land a lead role as a cop on a movie. Then it was, it was easier to do that than it was to be a cop. <laughs> I used to be yeah. a fat kid. I, mean, I didn't think that was going to ever happen. But um, what happened with my story is uh, <laughs> I was right in the end. I was bartending, um, working at the jail, and um, I was in the end with OPP. So mm-hmm. I did everything, did the psych, did the, like, the testing, the interviews, passed everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and there were seven, five positions and seven of us left. This was 20, October 2016. Mm-hmm. And... Um, they said, no, like you didn't get it. Come back next year. So I was like, damn. Wow. So I didn't get OPP. And then I was in Jamaica um, for my friend's wedding. And huh. I, I was supposed to go with my girlfriend. She cheated on me. So oh. I went there. I was in the dumps. I was like, oh, because all my buddies have girlfriends. Yeah. So I'm like trying to put lotion on my back. I couldn't do it. I'm like, can one of you guys help me? <laughs> <laughs> so when I'm there, the day before the wedding, there was uh, two women um, two <laughs> older women and a guy. And he looked like rock though, like leather jacket. Like we're in Jamaica. He's wearing a leather jacket, oh. like leather jeans. I'm like, this guy looks like a rock star. So I go <laughs> over, I start talking to him. Sure enough, we had a few of these. So I'm like, ah, look at my drum videos, man, like, like an idiot. And I'm showing him my drum videos and they're like, oh, like you're good. Like we know some people. And I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever. Everyone says that. <laughs> so um, I'm not sure if I ever told you this story, Lucas. I remember we talked about music. No, no, no yeah. So I, I'm just gonna yeah. run with this one. Yeah. Um, and so they're all from <clears throat> LA, and <clears throat> one was from Arizona, and I didn't buy anything into it, but we kept in contact. Um, she ended up sending my music to a bunch of people out in LA, <clears throat> and mind you, this was when I was bartending. Like I didn't have any pursue, like any dreams, just like of like getting into modeling, acting, none of that, <laughs> absolutely none. This is 2017. Yeah. I had no idea any of this would have happened, and. So I get this message from this guy named Johnny Royal, who was Carmen Electra's boyfriend at the time. He's a big producer and director. 
And he Facebook messaged me and I'm like, what the mm. hell? And I'm like, oh shit, it, it actually is him. So I Googled him because I didn't know who he was. <laughs> he was on all these bands. Like he's friends with all these huge rocker guys. So <laughs> I'm like, wow. So I messaged the girl who set me up with him, Nicole. And she set me up for an audition with this band in LA. And yeah. the band's automatic Eden. So I went out to LA first time March break of 2017. I figured, mm. you know, if I'm not going to be a cop, I'm going to at least try to be a drummer because I've been mm-hmm. doing it for 31 years. I'm like, let's get in there. Yeah. Um, I ended up landing the band, uh, Dave and Sela. They're amazing. They actually own their own post-production too. They do a lot of music um, for mm. TV shows and stuff out in LA. Cool. And I got connected with them and literally I just never looked back. They were just great people and they set me up with so many other cool people and i was working with um sean bevan who was guitarist in nine inch nails oh nice um yeah he he produced like five out of seven marilyn manson records nine inch nails records yeah like he's <laughs> and, and he's like a good friend of mine it's actually funny i ended up like there's a poster back there i ended up <laughs> touring with him in the states yeah yeah, and yeah. it's like all all from <laughs> all from that a chance encounter talking to somebody <laughs> in Jamaica that all happened and then I'm like how do I move to LA because me being not smart in that aspect you know I just wanted to be a cop I didn't I don't know mm-hmm. these other things yeah they're like oh you got to talk to a lawyer to get a visa I'm like oh that'll mm-hmm. be easy talk to a lawyer he's like listen kid you're a nobody he's like, you ain't getting a visa I'm like okay so how do I get a visa he's like start modeling or acting just do something uh-huh. so April 2017 I came back to Niagara and I started, I literally Googled modeling agencies in Toronto and <laughs> I went to one and I signed. And then the first thing I booked, it wasn't even a modeling gig. It was a commercial. So I booked a commercial on the first go, which is just beginner's luck. Yeah, I know. I, I don't wow. want to say Trust me, I've been burned a million times after that. I got lucky at the start. <laughs> so I ended up getting that commercial and um, I, my the actress that I was working with, her name was Tiffany hmm. and she's incredible. I'm still really close with her. And she's like, you know what? Like you're, you're good at this. And I'm like, yeah, okay. Like, <laughs> I don't know what I was doing still. I, I was just thinking, I'm not an actor. I'm a musician. I'm just doing this to get to LA. Right. Um, and she set me up with her agent. So she gave me a referral to my agent now who was Amy Hines with Hines management. <laughs> and she's amazing. And I've been with them ever since I went in, got an audit or got an interview Mm-hmm. And that's it. And now removed from the whatever, three, four years. Now I don't even consider myself a drummer. It's like, I'm so focused on acting <laughs> because I love it. And it, it's, it's more, it's more probable to do well as an actor than it is a musician these days. And that's just the, I, the truth. <laughs> it's Dude, crazy. I, I've never heard of a person that could just kind of stumbled into acting as if it's a side hustle. Like, it, it was <laughs> Honestly, it was really weird. Like, at first, I wasn't, like, I'll be honest, I wasn't taking it, like, I was taking it seriously to get uh-huh. in. But, yeah. like, 2017, when I got that, like, gig, I was like, what do I do here? But I just <laughs> run with it, right? Like, I'm, I'm, uh-huh. a, I'm a chameleon. Whatever situation you throw me in, I'm going to try to adapt to. Yeah. Um, now, you know, I, I went to Armstrong, started taking acting courses, and you get serious about it. But <laughs> it's, yeah, it's a weird, weird, I love it. It's a weird industry, though. Like, you got to, it's so competitive. and Yeah. It's something else, man. Comedy, too, though. Yeah. Comedy is like so insanely competitive. Yeah, if anything, comedy feels like you. I mean, you don't get good at comedy for years. Like everybody's timing is different. Like 
even in the beginning in order to get like five minutes 10 minutes you gotta like work at it for like a couple years go on stage to get comfortable and mm. by the time you're you have like a certain amount of your own material that you've written that's kind of when you can start like start looking at it more seriously and even then you know there's very few avenues for making money in, in comedy uh especially in canada like there's there's no real infrastructure in canada so a lot of comedians actually have to resort to writing or like also getting mm -hmm. acting acting jobs and, as yeah. well so it's kind of like depending on what your focus is you know if it's comedy you, you you can't just stick to comedy or else you really it's your your chances of making it are significantly slimmer yeah yeah. It's true because I've seen like I went to Second City a few times and like some of the like I went to go see a few of the 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 gigs they had and I see I've seen them all on commercials all of them yeah because mm. you have to you have to find different avenues it's like models do acting acting do models comedians um, it's actually funny comedians during this whole pandemic have like saved me I've been listening really? to like uh, Joey Diaz podcast right yeah. like the church of what's happening before yeah. it was done um <laughs> my favorite favorite right now tell me if you guys have heard of this guy tim dylan oh i've heard of him i've heard i haven't i haven't listened exactly to his i know he has a yeah. bunch of podcasts but i yeah from what i get a sense like he says some wild stuff doesn't he wild he has so he's you know how the states is very political i can't stand politics but he chirps the right the left he's he he doesn't have a like he, he's he's got no bias nice but he's just ridiculous and he says the most ridiculous things but it's been it's been humorous during these depressing times so <laughs> but yeah i've been comedy's been been great uh mm -hmm. yeah Sorry, yeah I, I wanted to ask you a bit more about baby in a manger there because that's one yeah. of like your first dramatic roles in which you have an arc and it's your feature length role there and everything uh monica had said that her audition process to her getting the part was extremely rushed in terms of mm -hmm. like booking it and memorizing the scripts how was the whole audition process for you and how did it feel to book that gig yeah oh it was very rushed like <laughs> monica was great i remember she helped me so much because that was my first role like um i ended up booking that actually the day i came home from disasters at sea there was like a snowstorm and I was driving home. And as soon as I, I don't text and drive, as soon as I pulled into my driveway, I turned the car, parked, turned it off, checked my phone and I booked that. And, and from that day on, we were on set, I think like eight, eight or nine days after that filming uh -huh. the movie we had, I think, no, no, it was like two weeks later. We had about 10 days mm. or we had about a week with the script. It was crazy. We, and we didn't know what scenes we were filming first. Um, I think we had the first week, once we started filming, we <laughs> knew what scenes we were filming the next day. Yeah, and yeah. then every day we'd find out the day of, so or the day before. So we were learning three scenes at night when we were done. It was crazy. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was so stressful, and, but it was amazing. And she helped me, I helped her, and the mm -hmm. whole like, crew, they were all incredible people. Um, but yeah, the audition, I remember I got, I got cast first. <laughs> And then um, Monica got cast. So we did like, um, we did a chemistry read. Hmm. So I would, I think I did, I re we ran through three or four scenes and there was three other women and then there was Monica and hmm. just something about me and Monica together. We had a good, good read on uh, camera and chemistry and like our voices, our height and everything. It goes down to so many little aspects, right? And yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. And we hit it off and it's actually funny when we did that, when, when I went in for the, 
chemistry read in Barry when I left. <laughs> Obviously, I don't say anything to casting. But when we left, I was saying in my head, I'm like, oh, God, I hope they pick Monica. Just not because awesome. anyone else was like not talented or what, whatever. It was just I felt like comfortable with Monica. She was like, she's such a sweetheart. Right. So I just felt really good with Monica. And yeah, it was it was good. Mm-hmm. Good that's, time. that's awesome um yeah just because like there's so many different things that could play into you know you getting the part and everything like that did you, do you feel like you having training as being an officer beforehand helped you lend some credibility to that part yeah i think so i remember um i i've i knew the casting prior to getting this role because i was interviewing actors on set of oh, brain cool. power studios so yeah. that's where i first met them and I remember mm-hmm. I was talking to Rebecca, who is casting director, and yeah. we were just talking about my past and mm-hmm. everything. And she knew that I used to be police or not a police officer, but she knew I was trying to become a police officer. And I mm-hmm. kind of had a little bit of a background in that aspect. Um, yeah. Sure. I think that all helps. Yeah. I know my my role at Disasters at Sea was um, it was like a first responder, like in the audition room. Um, Tim, the director, was there and he said, OK, Mike, there's a loud bang this guy's on the ground. So I had another actor there and he's laying there with his leg and it's supposed to be like cut in half, whatever. He's like, I need you to drag him, but it needs to be so heavy. You have to like stress that, you know, pretend there's explosions going on around you. So Uh it was like really intense. And like, I was doing the radio here and stuff. So I guess knowing the radio would be there and doing like code calls and all that stuff kind of helped. But (laughs) yeah, I think, I think everything helps. Oh my God, man. That's, it's kind of weird. Like you had already touched upon it too, that it was easier to book a part as a cop than it is to actually be a cop. And just funny, <laughs> yeah. like how, how life does kind of like meander and parallel through in the most ridiculous of ways. Honestly, I I'm a huge believer in what's meant to be will be you. We have like, sure. You can make bad decisions. You can make good decisions, but mm-hmm. whatever's meant to be is going to happen. I, I I'm a big believer in that you just get thrown on these like if you would have told me four years ago yeah. i'm going to be doing this podcast with you two and i'm going to be like you know what i mean like uh-huh. not in law enforcement i'm going to be an actor and yeah. i would have said there's no chance in hell so yeah that's that's it. you just gotta roll with the punches right and just you know stay positive and i, I my biggest thing is don't be an asshole like i you, you guys know you go you're in this industry you go to some uh-huh. audition rooms and like people are just like yeah. miserable and like just like they they're like everything's so competitive to them mm-hmm. sure it's competitive but like we're all in the same boat we're all yeah. doing the same struggles you know same highs and lows it's like let's just be there for each other and you know what i mean do this together that's how i look at it exactly man yeah um i'm just gonna say one two three four i'm gonna say five words and let me know what you think of this, because I'm, I'm hoping it will spark a, a really good memory from you. Uh, James Corden, late night Tinder. <laughs> oh, man. COVID-19. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. yeah. The beginning of the <laughs> pandemic. Nice, nice, nice. Dude, that was hilarious, man. Yeah. Watching you, because, you know, I follow you on Instagram and I'm and I'm watching your your process and, and how you submit it to the part. And you're like a major late night host just reached back to me and... <laughs> wanting me for this gig and i and i saw the youtube clip of it later dude you were doing it in your bathroom can can you explain to me the process of 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 why there and uh and your feeling of being on on that set yeah that's it's funny you bring that up that was wild and it's so funny this year has been so long 
that that doesn't even, that seems like two or three years ago. It, that's how crazy this pandemic has been. Yeah. So that was May 4th of 2020. Um, I think it was like May 1st. I was on my couch in Toronto on Bathurst and uh, I was watching a movie. It was like midnight. And I saw this posting come up on backstage and I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, late night with James Corden. So it matched my whatever credentials, whatever. And I mm-hmm. applied to it. And um, sure enough, the next day, it like, not even like 12 hours had passed. It was like eight hours. Yeah. Um, casting for NBC um, emailed me. She's like, can I have your number? Like, I think <laughs> you're a good fit. Did a quick um, Skype interview where my phone was the wrong way. And <laughs> it was the same thing. Yeah. NBC in LA. I'm doing this shit. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> uh, I ended up getting it. And uh-huh. we did a rehearsal on May 3rd. And while we were doing the rehearsal, the producer said, because everyone had things in the back, uh, like, like Lucas, you have a plain white wall. So you would have been acceptable. Okay. Me and Josh, we would have gotten shit. So the producers, <laughs> they said, we want you to be with a plain back wall and well lit. So I'm like, uh-huh. okay, that makes sense. So when we do the day of the show, I'm in my washroom because that's a plain <laughs> white wall. And I face, I face the West End. Uh-huh. And West End of Toronto is the sun going down. Yeah. So when we filmed it, it was 6 p.m. in May. Sun's still up and it's just going right in there. So I got lines from the blinds. Like it just looked like horse shit. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do it in the washroom. So, and that's where I self tape. Um, so I did it there. And the one thing that fucked me over was I had the light switches in the back. Right. And the, the thing is, the, the joke he said, he's like, you look like you're in a hostage video. And it was so true because I did look like that. Um, but everyone's laughing at me. I'm like, the producer told me to go on a white wall and nobody else did. Everybody else was in their own. So yeah, yeah it was hilarious. That's true. You, the producer totally threw you under the bus there. Mm-hmm. They, they probably thought like, we're going to get this guy. They got me, did me dirty. It was good though. Dude, how close was the toilet to you when you were filming that segment? Oh, my, my thing was on the toilet. So oh. the tripod was literally on the toilet. <laughs> I was sitting in a chair. <laughs> oh my god, man. Dude, one day you're going to be sitting on that couch, man. Don't worry. With James uh, oh, Corden? Yeah. Another oh, rehab that, that, that See, that would be making it too, I guess. Like That would be that would be a good making it. Mm-hmm. Being a guest, not from the washroom, right? Exactly, yeah. man. See, I wish if, if it wasn't COVID, I would have been able to go down there. Yeah. Fly down to LA, do it in the studio. That would have been sick. Uh-huh, uh-huh. But instead, I did it beside my toilet in my condo. <laughs> At, at least, at least you were one of the memorable uh, guys on the yeah, yeah. A, as an option there, mm-hmm. man. Um, almost a, well, actually, no. I, I did want to ask you about more about this. It's you know, uh, we're actors and everything like that. We're we're out in the camera lens. We're out in the public, public figures and everything. Uh, I realized on your Instagram and everything, you're really open about your triumphs, your failures, and your overall struggle, and also the process of what it makes of what it takes to make it in this industry. Is, is this something that this openness and everything within yourself, is this something that you're kind of born with or it's something that you do intentionally want to show other actors this process? I think both. Um, I Like Instagram, you see these people and they're just like, me, 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 I'm so good, I'm so good. Listen, you ain't fooling <laughs> me. We all have problems, we all yeah. have issues, we all have struggles. <laughs> I don't give a shit if you're the top, uh, you know, you're fucking Al Pacino or you're Michael uh-huh. Moroni doing fuck all. You're, mm-hmm. We all have the same problems. And to me, I, I can't stand when people just portray themselves as just being so 
You know what I mean? Nothing affects me. We all get mm-hmm. down. And I think what helps me, I get down. This, this pandemic has been so hard for me. Mm-hmm. It's been hard for you guys. It's been hard for everybody. Mm-hmm. But like for me personally, like anxiety, holy fuck. I had anxiety. When I was in that condo, like just by myself, I had nobody mm-hmm. for fucking three months. I, I was like, I got to get the hell out of here. And I came back to Niagara. I'm like, there's no sense of me being here. Mm-hmm. My anxiety was through the roof. And then just talking about it helps me. Then it also helps other people. Because when I was posting those things, I was yeah. getting messages upon messages from people. I was like, oh, wow, you, you deal with the same issues that I've been having. Or, yeah. you know what I mean? And there's all these stigmas with like mental health. And I just think, I think for us to move forward, we, we, we all have to be better to each other. But we also have to be open with it. Because there's, there's this thing where you have to hide it all inside. No, like life's tough. Life's tough. Yeah. Life's tough for everybody, right? Exactly. So for me, I find it, it's... It, all my buddies have careers. They're married. They got kids. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I got none of that. <laughs> so I'm this small town guy from Niagara and I'm trying to make it. And you know what I mean? So I'm just, this is my journey. Follow along if you want. And I'm going to tell you about the good times. I'm going to tell you about the bad times. And I'm going to tell you mm-hmm. about everything in between. God and it's damn. always going to be honest because a lot of people don't give you the honest, the honest thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's like somebody would have told you, yeah, it was on James Corden. Ugh. <laughs> I'm James Corden, right beside my shooter, and he made fun of me. <laughs> but no, I do. I do. All jokes aside, I really do. Um, I like talking about that stuff. I think motivation is something we all need in life, and the more we can get it, the better, right? Yeah. Um, like a lot of the f- people I follow on Instagram, if you don't do, if you don't motivate me, I don't follow you. Mm. If you're just posting selfies of like garbage, whatever, I don't want to follow. I need you to help my life. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's everything you do, your brain, you can't poison your brain. It's all gotta be bringing only good things. No yeah. doubt, man. Kind of uh, I'll be honest. Uh, no, no, no. All good, man. Thank you for that. Uh, I'll be honest, man. Like, you know, we're, we're, we're sitting at home all day and everything like that. And, uh, I kind of, and the gyms are all closed. So I kind of gave up like weightlifting, but dude, I remember when you, you were posting up something recently in January and you're like, the floodgates will be open once things are opened up again. And it was just, you do like shoulder presses and everything. I'm like, God damn, can yeah. I get back on it, man? So like my, girl, my girlfriend got some weights yeah. and everything. So I've been pumping up that again. So thank you for that because your journey nice, is, is very applicable. And, and thank you for that, man. Appreciate it. Thank you, man. That's, and that's cool, man. And that's what it's all about. Because people motivate me and then I tell them and I, I, I'm sure it feels good. You just tell me like, that feels good. Like, I like that, man. I'm proud of you, dude. Dude. Right now, gonna... it is not easy to motivate yourself. <laughs> like, even down here, like, thank God my parents, you know, I got a beautiful family and got a beautiful living area down here. Thank God. <laughs> but like, I wake up in that bed. I work out right there. I drum oh. here. I shower there. I eat there. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, I'm in a big, it's like an apartment. It's like a condo. It's like you guys, like we're, we're <laughs> on the same, but like, how the fuck do you stay motivated when you're doing that for a year? Yeah. yeah you know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> so I think we all got to be easy on each other right now. We got to be easy to ourselves. Mm-hmm. You know, if you put on a little weight or you lose a little muscle, I know, I, I know I lost a little muscle. If you, if, if you do you just pat yourself on the back and be like, you know what? You you're going through an insanely difficult time in your life. And <laughs> the thing I always learned when your back's against the wall, fuck the years ahead are always the best because you're motivated. <laughs> exactly. Seriously. Totally. 2016 was a horrible year for me. And then fucking 
I came out the gate just motivated and, you know, persevered. <laughs> that's what it is. So we're having a tough time and watch, we're all going to book shit. You're going to be on SNL, Josh. Like, it's yeah. going to be epic. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, no, I mean, like, look, looking not only at the fact that you, you come from like a musical <laughs> background and then going into kind of acting as well. Um, I know those are kind of two different kind of, uh, how do you say, artistic pursuits, but the mindset, you know, there could be some similar similarities and differences there. Like, how would you describe kind of the similarities or differences between performing as a drummer versus performing as like an actor? Hmm. No, that's a good question. It, I, I, I agree with you. I think it's very much the same. It's the same hustle. It's the same mindset of um, it's very cutthroat industry. Music industry yeah. is the same as acting. I think just being, I think acting and anything arts, like, like comedy, everything, you just have to not care what people think. <laughs> mm -hmm. you, you have to have something in you where rejection doesn't hurt you and it doesn't make you scared. You don't resent it. You don't resent people for rejecting you. I think you just, it's, it's just something in you that, you know, if you have a passion for the arts, you're just gonna, you're gonna go for it. Mm -hmm. uh, I think I, with music, you know, I've been drumming for so long and um, I just keep, I'm like this whole pandemic, I've just been writing and doing things. Cause I'm just like, you know what, maybe one day that call is going to come. Cause you never know. Exactly. So yeah. I think that's the same as acting. You're waiting for that next call. You never know when it's going to come. So you just keep sharp. Just so I think it's just that mindset of just knowing things will be better and persevere. I, love I rambled on again with that one, but yeah. I think no I think they work yeah. together. It's perfect, man. Um, should we go into word association from here? I think that's a good spot. Yeah, let's let's word do association. Let's do yeah, word man. association. Yes, at the end of. Sorry, uh, I'm having a beer, guys, but I figure. I haven't hung out with my buddies in a year. So this is just, this is the, we're at the bar right now. We're at Wee Chief. Salute, yeah. man. Salute. Salute. <laughs> cheers, cheers. Cheers. Yeah. Guys. And if anything, the beer will help uh, give us some interesting answers to, to our game. So usually uh, for all okay. listeners. Yeah. 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 We'll, 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 we'll get into those uh, answers, but um, at the end of our podcast, we usually like to, for our listeners, we usually like to play a word association game, kind of just a little, palate cleanser little mind clear at the end of the podcast so uh, i'll have 10 words lucas will have 10 words and basically the object of the game is i'll go like i'll i'll start so i'll start with my 10 words and then after each word michael just clear your head and say the first word image idea that comes to your mind and then we'll just go from there and we'll see what we'll see what happens all right let's go all right perfect so clear your mind and i'll start off with my 10 that i have in my book here so all quiet first word family number one pineapple no pizza <laughs> rain Alone. 2020. <laughs> Motivation. This. Kumquat. <laughs> no, no idea. idea. No Sorry. idea. All right. <laughs> Mountain. 
the industry. Tightrope. <laughs> Can't do it. Satisfied. Hopefully this year. <laughs> and finally, ending. Salute. <laughs> Sorry, I'm horrible with this. I didn't think this was going to be so hard. Jesus, <laughs> and I'm drinking right. beer, too. I'm like, what? Sorry, <laughs> no I didn't worries. mean to disappoint you there, Josh. No worries. No worries. Hey, you know what? This is, it's always like open-ended, these type of questions. Oh, there's no science behind it. I just chose a bunch of words. But no, it's, it's good, though. Either way, either way, you know, it's kind of like how people react. Everybody reacts differently. And That's we're it. always interested to figure out, you know, our guests, how they would react in their point of view. So mm -hmm. we got I it. I like it. All right. You ready for the next 10? Let's do it. Let's do it, Lucas. All right. Okay. <clears throat> First word of 10, fire. I did a drum solo with fire. So I'm going to say... I like it. I like it. That, you got that connection. That's where I got it from. Um, yeah, uh, <laughs> nice. nice. Uh, Metallica. Favorite band. Number one out of nice. every band I've ever listened to. I know this is more than one word, but we're going to go that route. Uh, what, 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 what was your favorite album by them? Ooh. I would have to say Puppets, Master Puppets. But to be honest with you, <laughs> the album that everybody hates is the black album the sellout album absolutely love it because my number yeah. one favorite song of all time <laughs> is metallica the unforgiven and you know what that song's about it's about a boy who had dreams mm. and he didn't follow his heart and he grew old and he resented himself for not following his dreams and if you yeah and it's crazy because i love that song when i was a kid and then now that I'm older, I listen to it. I'm like, holy shit. So I did all, I, I dug deep into the lyrics and I found yeah. that the meaning of the song. And if you watch the music video, it's an old man and he's hair, and he's scars all over him. And he's just <laughs> looking at himself when he used to be a young boy and like the lyrics. And it's just, he, he's the unforgiven. He can't uh. forgive himself for not chasing his dreams. So it's like me, I don't want to grow old and have regrets, right? Like you guys, Love you're it. chasing your dreams. Love so. it. Cheers to both of you. Cheers, man. Okay, third word here. Related to Metallica, actually. Tama. My drum kit. Love it. Favorite nice. brand. <laughs> nice. What kit, what kit do you use? Uh, dude, they, my parents sold my kit back in Vancouver, but I had a Pearl kit. Pearl, nice. So <laughs> that, that's it. Pearl, Tama, or Yamaha. Those are my, those are my boys. Yamaha's dope. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, another word, dream dream acting i gotta say it now just just gotta put it out there because i love it you listen in let's go cool. <laughs> your parents are like shut up okay yeah you shut up michael <laughs> we fucking i thought you were out of this house four years ago when you come back uh next word fight i'm not a big fighter i'm a big mm. lover big lover yeah i never been i used to be a fat kid growing up i was never a fighter I, I was the one who got bullied. Um, oh, yeah, man. so I would say love over fight. Hard to imagine you got bullied, though, but yeah, <laughs> yes, I love that fighter. Uh, baby. In a manger, duh. Mm, nice. <laughs> Film. Art. Nice. 
Earth. Light. Light at the end of the tunnel, baby. 2021. Nice. You guys nice. with me? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Strive. Strive. We got to strive to be the best every day. We got to beat. We got to beat ourselves every day in this damn mm-hmm. pandemic. I hear you. And the last word, Michael. 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 Uh, that's for my cousins. I'm going to show them this and they're going to laugh when I say that. Inside joke. Michael. <laughs> Actually, I'm just going to leave it like that. I'm just going to leave it like that. Just leave it. Just leave cool. it like yeah. that. That's, 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 a, it. that's a little Michael. great little. Uh... <laughs> Those are awesome. Egg. Yeah. Give it up for Michael Moroni. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you guys. Really appreciate it. This was, this was fun. You know, I was just going to watch murder documentaries all night and that was it. So this, this is a good little, uh, good little surprise for me. You guys are awesome. Oh, dude. And dude, you know what? Incredible too. We got to stay positive. You guys are all going to kill it. Josh, I got to get you on Instagram, buddy. I want to follow your journey because comedy, I love comedy. So when everything gets going again, you know, in Toronto, I'm going to come see you. Lucas, we, when we're back, I'm, I'm looking at places in City Place again. So I'll be there in April. Awesome. And I can't wait. We're, <laughs> we're going we're gonna to hit the ground running, guys. Love it. Love it, man. Stay yes. positive. I hope your families, your friends, your loved ones, everyone, stay healthy, stay the course. Mm-hmm. We're going to get there. And then we're going we're gonna to party. We're going to light it up. It's going to be good. <laughs> it's yeah that's what that's what i've been i've been thinking because like if you look if you look at the history you know like the 1918 pandemic and all all that shit the world was at a dark place Mm -hmm. but right after the pandemic it was the roaring 20s and we're gonna hit that we're gonna hit that roaring 20s again right after that's it uh where can people find you michael i get me on instagram uh i'm not a big twitter guy um like that asshole trump you know i don't (laughs) i don't do twitter um I'm uh, Maroney Drums at Maroney Drums on Instagram, on YouTube. Michael Maroney. There's another actor in Italy, and he might come up. He does like softcore <laughs> porn. It's not me. <laughs> Fucking guys, ruining my life. Uh, so yeah, if I ever make it, actually, I should have said this earlier. I'm gonna have to change my name because uh-huh. he's he's got these bad scenes that people are DMing me saying like, "Oh, I love you," and that. I'm like, it's not me. Um, that- yeah, and that's it. Or yeah, that's, that's it, guys. That's tough because he's also Italian, isn't he? Yeah, and like in the summer when I'm tanned and stuff, we look yeah. the same. You know, we we got long hair, like <laughs> my pandemic hair. Yeah, what would you? But yeah, it's, yeah, we're both Italian and just we're the same age. We're from <laughs> the same part of Italy too, so I'm pretty sure oh, wow. he's my cousin. That's hilarious. What's uh? What would you change your name to then? Like, what what would you uh, yeah. have you thought about that? Uh, you know what's funny? I actually thought about it. I'm like, because it, it it is true if. Because it sounds like lame to say, like, I don't want to sound like an asshole, but before this guy blew up in the summer, if you Googled my name, it was all me. It was all my photos, my IMDb, everything. It said I was a film actor. It was really cool to see. And then like a world search, like that's important to have as an artist. Right. Mm. And then this guy comes around and now it's like my picture next to all his stuff. So I'm like, oh, Christ. So. I thought about it. I'm like, if I did land a big role or something, like, how does that work? Because actors change their name all, names all the time. Like anyone, 90% of the famous actors, that's not their real name. So I don't know, man. Michael Pitt or Michael <laughs> Banderas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Michael Diesel. Like, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. <laughs> we'd, have to, we'd have to save that for the next podcast, boys. Oh, I yeah. love it. See how I we're going it. in the future. Yeah. 
Uh, where can people find you, Josh? Uh, for me, at Josh Yang Comedy, um, across all social media. And as well, you know, I do have my second podcast. Uh, it's called The Sleep with Josh Podcast. It's basically where I read really dry stuff like laws and the dictionary to help people go to sleep in my monotone voice. That's my trademark. So uh, nice. if anybody, if anybody needs help. Out. Yeah, if anybody needs help uh, going to sleep, you could uh, check me out. And uh, yeah, uh, Lucas, hey, what are, what are your handles? Uh, people can find me on Instagram at Lucas John Ng. And if you like what you see in here, you can follow us at HWMIY Podcast on Instagram and on YouTube and on Facebook too. Uh, check back more for more guests coming up as we continue to make it. Uh, give it up for again for Michael. Thank you so much for showing up, man. Cheers, guys. Thank you, guys. Really, really a pleasure. Talk awesome, to you guys man. soon. See you all next week. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.